Thank you for downloading this episode of We Got This with Mark and Hal. I'm the Hal part. I'm the Mark part. And we both want you to do your part by leaving us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts to help grow the show. So do it. And now, yes. enjoy but, this episode. The, the, what? What? The, 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 what? What? I didn't... Huh? Uh, this is going to be a terrible episode. Enjoy it anyway. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best school subject. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcast should have a theme song. Podcast should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. All right, attention class, attention. Everybody settle down in the back. I see you chewing gum. Hey, Let's hey, hey. That in the trash can. Hey, 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 teach. Hey, teach. Yeah. Hey, yes. teach. Yes. I Can I have a hall pass? Why would you need a hall pass, Marcus? Because I want to go out in the hall. Hmm. Hard to argue with that. <laughs> oh, it's school time. It's school time. Everybody's back in school. They've, at this point, people have been back in school for what? School, school starts way, way earlier. I hear it. Now it's time for me to get uh, – it's time for the segment of the show we call Hal is Old. You sounded really old. I was going to comment on that, but you beat me to it. <laughs> when when I was growing up, you went to school the Tuesday after Labor Day was when you were back. What about you? Uh, we started pretty early. Um, I think we started like uh, August 20th or so. So maybe okay. two weeks before Labor Day or a week before Labor Day. But I remember my parents always saying, we didn't start school till Labor Day. But I feel like we also got a lot more <laughs> days off in the year. Like, yeah, when you were a kid, you didn't get Martin Luther King Day off because nobody knew who he was yet. Right, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, they, they've come up with holidays since you were a kid. <laughs> well, now uh, it's our job since all these kids are back in school. Yeah. And most adults who listen to the show have gone to school at some point. Here's hoping. We're or not, going to, whatever your thing is. Yeah. Listen, whoever you are is fine. You are, yeah. you are perfect just as you are. Exactly. What is the best school subject? That is what uh, Drew Clock and Andrew Zabin have asked. I love separately. this one. I love the, because it gets me thinking about school. I love thinking about my days in school. I had a blast growing up, uh, going to, I went to eight years of Catholic school. Uh, and then four years of public high school, uh, which I, I, I loved that combination because the Catholic school, you know, I made, it was pretty small. So I got to be buddies with everybody. And then high school, right. it was, you know, the football team and the cheerleaders and the prom and all the, all the things that happen in high school movies. Um, so yeah, school, I, what about your school experience, Hal? I have very, I went to private Quaker school from <laughs> second grade until I graduated. How old is that is- school, Hal? Uh, that school was founded in 1697. Market is the second oldest uh, school in the country. Wow. And the first oldest school is? Uh, our rival school. Wow. How many years did they beat you by? I don't think many. I think maybe one or two. So your school is 321 years old and their school is beats you at 322 years old. Like if you're 300, 323. 
if you're like 320 that. years old, like, you know, as you become an adult, like whoever you're dating or married to, the age difference doesn't matter that much. Think if you're right. 321 <laughs> and then you're dating a 322 year old, nobody's going to be like, dang, look at this one going for the <laughs> older ladies. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's accusing the other school of, uh, of, ro- of robbing the cradle of cougaring. Yeah. There's no yeah. cougaring happening. Is the other, is the other school the cougars? No. Okay. No. We're, just checking. We were the, uh, kangaroos. You were the, the roos. <laughs> yeah. The I'm Quaker kangaroos. By the way, Quaker, Quaker kangaroo, kangaroo sounds like an afternoon snack. <laughs> right. Try new Quaker kangaroos in the health food aisle. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, that I, yeah. Look, I had a, I had a very cool hippy dippy kind of liberal education. Which was awesome and I loved. Uh, I certainly had very difficult times in school. Uh, I went from having a lot of friends to going to high school and feeling like I had no friends and then slowly rebuilt. You know, it's the same cycle I think everybody goes through uh, at some point in their life. But I do look back with some fondness. There are certainly subjects I enjoyed more than others. Now, are there subjects – are you going to start – are you going to come at me with some of your 300-year-old Quaker school subjects like, uh, I think the best school subject was horsemanship. <laughs> How is it not? How are you expected to get to the general store? You do have uh, your your school uh, or the school adjacent to your school. I remember the last time we were in Philadelphia, I saw this as we were driving and clocked it. And I think I mentioned it to mm-hmm. you. Um. They do, uh, they, the, the college that is adjacent to the school. What's the name of that college? The college that is adjacent uh, to, like, in the same area as your school, like right down the street, there's a college. I'm not sure. Sh- also, oh, at, uh, uh, um, oh my goodness. A tiny little, a tiny little college. Yes. Also Quaker, yes, I know I the one you're talking about. But yes. they, one of their, one of their majors is in like medieval metalworking. Like, come on, guys. Like, you're giving institutions of higher learning where people are like, when am I ever going to use this? Like, you're really <laughs> making that argument a lot easier to make. Oh, uh, look, it's it's uh, it's not even a simpler time. Are you thinking of Manor College? Is that what you're talking about? And maybe it is Manor College, <clears throat> which also is a hilarious name. Of course, Manor College is going to have yeah. that class. I mean, there's also a Penn State uh, – there's a Penn State – satellite campus near nearby that used right. to be Ogons, but is now the Abington campus. Manor College is the one that's right down the street. Right. So that would be the one that has the insane And it looks like the kind of place that would have that. Yeah. The best school subject is leeching. Like what no. <laughs> Shut up, Manor State, or whatever you're called. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I don't know why I'm suddenly so angry at this school. I'm sure it's a perfectly fine major and people are into all kinds of things. Look, we go to conventions where there are people that sell all sorts of creative anachronisms and I love checking them out. So yeah, there is a place for, uh, leatherworks, et et cetera. Um, but that I don't think is what the question is. Those are not the school subjects that what was your, what was the strangest school subject you took? Was the strange? I feel like my my classes were all pretty straightforward. I mm. did I did like Japanese as an elective. Ooh. I learned bridge as an elective, but those were elective periods. Those weren't like right. full classes. A card game was an bit. elective. 
Yeah, you learned it like Bridge Club. You I don't like that Bridge. I don't like that Bridge as an elective is getting the same respect that all of the arts at my school got, which were also electives. <laughs> well, we had like your. I think you at a certain point you didn't have to take some arts classes, but there was art. Then there were we had theater classes, we had music. I took mm. um, I was chorus and in the chamber singers, which is the, which was our sort of like next level singers. Ooh. Uh, or like a smaller group, tighter harmonies kind of stuff. Yeah. So I was. You were the whiff and poof, the whiff and poofs stuff. of the three hundred year old Quaker school world. We yes, that's right. We were the whiff and poofs of of the Quaker school. I was All also right. in the barbershop quartet that I don't think exists anymore. Did, did you just get in? Were you just in progressively smaller uh, musical groups? So I was in the yeah. chorus. <laughs> then I was in the super tight, <laughs> tiny chorus. Then I was in the barbershop quartet. I also sang with the jazz trio and had a duo act. <laughs> Um, then I did one solo show. Right. And then after that, I was in a club where they only let me sing half of a song <laughs> and only out of the right side of my mouth. <laughs> oh man. If you could sing harmonies out the left side of your mouth, you'd be wow. like that whale from that cartoon. <laughs> you mean every whale from every cartoon? They all could sing harmonies. No, wasn't sure. there one that had two uvula? Maybe. I don't remember. Um, but uh, we're not here to talk about whales. We're here to talk about school subjects. Yes. Um, uh, I think I, all right, let's, let's establish some ground rules here. Okay. I think we should talk about general school subjects and I think we should, we should keep college out of it. Yeah. I think that, I think that this question, uh, lends itself to, uh, general, general knowledge courses, like things that would be. Uh, categories in quiz bowl. You know what I mean? Uh, math, yes. English, history, science. Uh, I, I, and I do want to eliminate, um, I do want to, I, look, I'm going to be the first one to say that arts funding is vital, but I think it is an unfair fight for you and I to come into this, uh, as people who probably loved our theater and music classes. I mean, heck, you were in three choirs. I was in, uh, ensemble. Shout out to ensemble. Why they made us take class at seven in the morning for ensemble is beyond me. Um, Yikes. Yeah. Seven to eight thirty every morning was ensemble. Um, did you guys have 45 minute blocks or did you guys have the hour and a half block scheduling? We were 45 minutes, but if you had a double, then you were doing an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. We switched my senior year to block scheduling, which for those who don't know, uh, you know, most classes, it's your hour and then you get 10 minutes or whatever to go to the next class is like 50 minutes. Well, we started doing it where it was a full semester and instead of 45 minutes, every class was an hour and a half and you only took four classes a day. Um, as opposed to the regular seven or eight. Um, but so I, so I, I unfortunately, because it would, it would be too easy for us to just say, oh, theater. Um, I, I think that we can give them honorable mention now, but I think it's not going to be arts classes. I think you and I are on the exact same page here. That mm-hmm. was the first thought I had was we've got to avoid, look, I, my acting classes and art class, like those are my favorite classes that I took. Of course. For sure. And are no absolutely doubt. vital. Yes. They should absolutely be uh, in every single school. But I do not think that they will win this particular episode. Right. So what do we what do we think are the big contenders here? 
I mean, are we getting as general as do we say uh, biology, chemistry, or do we say science? You spend most of your you spend most of your life up until high school, like all through elementary school. It's just general science as a class, right? Right. Right. And then you break into like environmental science, biology, Mm -hmm. uh, physics. Right. But then math, then are we going to do, is it math or is it algebra, pre-algebra, calculus, trigonometry? I think, I think, I think we would go, let's go by departments. How's that sound? Okay. We will use it by department head, right? So sure. like there's a head of the science department, the history department, the English and literature department, the, um, uh, economics department. Uh, you know what I mean? So we'll break it down like that. Geography. Yes. Um, Though, does that fall under social studies? You know what I mean? Is geography and yes. history or geography I would put and them, sociology all fall under the same thing? I put them all together under social studies. All right. Um, so uh, maybe, maybe we look at a, a generalized topic. We pick the winner out of that. And then we look within to see if there's any additional mining we can do to get specific with a class. Does that make sense? Sure. All right. What was your outside of arts classes, uh, which again, we could talk forever about and, you know, we could do another episode that is art, music or theater. You know what I mean? But for now or dance or yes, there's a million of them. That's the thing. We're, we're going to, it's not going to be the arts because that is a whole other episode and something near and dear to our hearts that we could never yes. hope to be objective about. Um, so I think the big hitters are mathematics, science, history, uh, and or history and geography, the social studies, we'll say, and uh language arts, English, right. creative writing, um, or whatever your home language is. I assume oh, it's English then- since you're listening to this show. So then foreign language also is its own department? Department Foreign language, yes. Foreign language would be uh, its own department as well. What else? Oh, uh, gym? Physical education. Sure. That ain't winning. (laughs) No, it's not. But it's really fun. Did you like – let's talk about gym class for a second. Did you like gym class? To a point. Yeah. I liked it a little bit. I liked some – I learned it (laughs) – Again, here's here's some more information about the place I went to uh, school. Oh, I learned how to juggle. Do? I learned how to juggle in gym class. <laughs> That's all right. In Tennessee, in gym class, we learned how to square dance. <laughs> of course, you did. Yeah, I mean, it was mostly basketball and the president's physical fitness challenge, which I was never terribly good at. I think exactly. I ran a 13 minute mile. Um, oh, boy, for all eight years that I went to Sacred Heart. I never ran a mile. I never even ran a whole lap. I would be walking by the end of a lap. And I was almost always the last person to finish. <laughs> so needless to say, you and I are not going to be the ones to claim that Jim is the best of the school subjects. Absolutely not. All right. Uh, shout out to Pam Bernards, my gym teacher, who was amazing. Because uh, Sacred Heart was not a huge school. So uh, first grade through eighth grade had the same gym teacher. Um, and, uh, and then when I was in seventh grade, she became the principal and she was great at it. So shout out to Pam B. Um, let's talk, uh, 
What do you want to move on to? Let's talk about uh, – I think we can eliminate foreign languages. Okay. Do you agree? Yeah, I don't – it's not – well, I, I had forgotten about it until you said foreign languages. I think it's incredibly useful. Um, but And that begs the question – we haven't talked about this. What are our criteria in this? Is it what provides the most value or perspective later on, which I realize are two different things? Um, is it – uh, is it the, the, the subject that gives you the most understanding of the world? I think that's a fun thing to look I think, at. I think those go kind of hand in hand. I think there are certain, there's certainly subjects I take, I took for granted mm-hmm. in school. And the truth is, for all you kids out there listening, all of your subjects are important. Yeah. It's, they it's, all it's, enrich your understanding of the world. Exactly. In some way, whether it's math or science or, History or English, it all factors in. It 100% factors in. So all, all of your classes are worthwhile. If you take a class that you don't think is work, worthwhile, sure would like to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> Please uh, tweet at us and tell us the most ridiculous class that was not worth your while that you took. Yeah. Uh, but in, in Hal's case, it was, pro- I would say, I would say it was juggling, but you've <laughs> gone into show business. <laughs> yeah, see, um, it was very useful. I I do like I do kind of want to stick with this as the uh as the uh the the criteria, the main criteria we use uh is this idea of understanding the world and what opens the most doors in the world to you. You know what I mean? Yes. What opens the most doors of understanding and doors of opportunity? Oh, geez. Opportunity is, you know, everything you learn leading into college provides a foundation. And then in college, you have – So maybe not opportunity. Maybe just that gives you the most knowledge about the world. Yeah. I mean, look, the things that you learn in school, you either take with you to college and expand on that Mm -hmm. to to hopefully prepare for the real world in some way. Or you don't go to college and you go right into the workforce – and hopefully the things you've learned provide a foundation for you to be successful there as well. Right. In whatever part of your life, whatever you deem to be success. You know what right. I mean? If exactly. knowing about a thing is your – knowing a lot about a thing that you're into is your idea of success, then absolutely. That's that's your subject. You know what I mean? Yes. A hundred percent. So then let's stick with which one opens up a world of knowledge the most. Um, which is kind of cool because it feels like there is, uh, there is, I feel like there's three in this regard. Okay. Um, because I'm going to eliminate, and I know a lot of people out there like it, and those people are engineers and they work in the field and it, uh, numbers are the universal thing, but I feel like a lot fewer people use the math that they were forced to learn than uh than the other subjects like i understand how to cross multiply and i think that's where my mathematics knowledge stops <laughs> you know what i mean i do not know what a sine or a cosine or a tangent are we have friends like our dear friend uh bobak ferdowsi uh, over at JPL who puts mm-hmm. spaceships on Mars, literally puts spaceships on Mars. Yes. 
Um, so he uses these things, uh, a lot. We do not. And I think that the general layperson does not. Can we, Hal? I'm asking, please eliminate math because it's the only thing I ever got a C in. <laughs> you know, I didn't do well in math either. I did very well in geometry. Mm-hmm. And then I was terrible in trigonometry and pre-calc. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I took calculus my senior year. And at, at a certain point in that class, and I cannot remember why or or what it was in specific, but something clicked and it mm-hmm. like just made sense. And I wish that I had followed through on that a little more. Uh, and become a mathematician? Yeah. But not become a mathematician. I don't know where it would have taken me. But it was just odd that that was something I connected with. That is kind of cool. Large, I never knew that. That's a that's a cool thing to have happen. Like, was it? Did you literally have a eureka moment? Yeah, it was something. Uh, you know, my teacher was Julie Plunkett, and I don't remember. I I wish I could remember what it was, like how that lightning got into the bottle. But I was struggling, and then we got to a certain part of of the lessons, and then all of a sudden it made perfect sense, and like I was excited. I was excited to be in that class because I was doing well. Man, that's cool. I never did well in math. So I'm totally jealous that you had that moment. Well, and it's also like, let's say we, let's say we decided ultimately that science was, was the winning discipline and that within that physics was what we were going to choose just for the Mm -hmm. sake of argument, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to study physics, you have to know calculus because they go hand in hand. Right. I feel like, yeah. And that's the, that's where math is. That's where math lays the foundation. For a lot of things that I am not terribly involved in. Right, 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 right. I think, <clears throat> I think math is, is a bigger part of all of our lives than we think about. Mm-hmm. Like something as simple as getting a check at a restaurant and calculating the tip. Right. Is math. Yeah, that's true. And that it's is, just, maybe it's just advanced math that I don't, um, sh- like. Sure. Again, only C. I'm real upset about it still. <laughs> don't, I don't believe you. I don't blame um, you for being upset. You was it, was she, was this math teacher, was she your favorite? Who's your favorite teacher? My acting teacher, Ken, who listens to the show and is in our Facebook group. Awesome. So you had to say that, but we're not talking about the arts. <laughs> Ken, you're no, he awesome. He was my favorite teacher. He was not my yet. favorite teacher. Um, man, I had a lot of good teachers. I had a teacher named Carol O'Brien, who was my conceptual physics teacher. She was also great mm-hmm. because at, conceptual physics was like, was this high school conceptual physics. physics? Well, conceptual physics. Did you guys build a time machine? I'm actually from the year 3040. What? And I'm here to warn you. You couldn't have warned us about some of this stuff that's been happening. It all works out in the end. Oh, man. Okay. So what you're saying is Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man is not really dead. <laughs> I won't spoil it for you. I can't do that. Oh, of time come travel. on. Come no on. Spoiling Marvel. Just wait till you see what happens in Avengers 48. It's oh, really man. great. <laughs> uh, but con- no, conceptual phys- – like if you take an actual physics class or like a full physics class, you're doing mm-hmm. a ton of math. Conceptual physics is like, do you understand gravity, dummy? Oh, okay. It was like, I like that. It was like a step uh, – kind of a step below. You don't have to do the math for this. Right. And that was great because it was nice to to grasp the concepts. So I was learning the concepts of physics at the same time I was learning calculus. And then when I got to college, I took a physics class that applied the calculus to the concepts. Mm-hmm. And then that made sense to me. And okay. I've retained none of it. 
Wow. Of course not. A lot of it goes away. I, uh, I did not have to take a math class in college because we were required to take one math class as a, uh, it was an acting conservatory, but you had to take one quarter of one math class, uh, right. that they allowed you to use the option of how to use a computer class, which was <laughs> the greatest because you would just oh, go Lord. in there and, uh, and, you know, goof around on the internet, which everyone knew how to use. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah, that was my math class in college. But can I give a quick shout out? I I do. Can I give a quick shout out to a favorite teacher of mine? Um, I mentioned, uh, Ms. Bernard, who was awesome. This is a teacher I had in high school. My acting teacher was great. Um, of course. Um, we're, we're stu- and that's why I, I give you grief about Ken. Ken's amazing. Um, Ken's, you're also an actor and Ken's your acting teacher and that's the field that you went into. You know what I mean? Um, I had a, uh, a physiology, uh, human physiology teacher named Miss Blankenship. Um, no, Miss Benedict. Sorry. Miss Blankenship was my clowning teacher. Uh, Miss Benedict was my time out. <laughs> Hold on. We'll get back to that. No way. <laughs> no All way. right. Uh, I was in the, I was in the clowning club very briefly. Very briefly. What were you kicked out for being too serious? Well, we didn't, it didn't last very long. It did, oh, because you couldn't. <laughs> basically, it was a cl- it was a it, it was basically a club that existed so that a handful of us could go together to a, a clowning uh, workshop and study clowning under uh, Master Clown Frosty Little, and then have a big <laughs> Frosty Little's a legend, dude. Did you wait? Did you? Was the final that you all had to fit in one small car together? <laughs> <laughs> the final was the pie fight. <laughs> like all all wheeled out on one of those baker's racks like just <laughs> actually <laughs> like like ira like ira in uh get your pies for the great pie fight <laughs> didn't it your class end tragically because the classroom caught fire and you kept throwing buckets of confetti on it yeah exactly it was just burning confetti landing in all of our our electric fright wig hair <laughs> You know what doesn't put out a classroom fire? Squirt flowers. <laughs> you can't even stamp a fire out with your great big floppy shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I went to clown class. But this was Miss Benedict, okay. uh, who was my physiology teacher. And we came into class one. Brad, my buddy Brad and I, we always sat. Uh, oh, I got to call Brad. Today's his birthday. Um, I'm a happy birthday, Brad. Happy birthday, Brad. Um, we, uh, we always sat in the front because Brad and I were both, uh, in the acting department, uh, in the acting club, the drama club. I say the acting department, the drama club. Um, and we thought it was important to know how the human body works. So we paid, uh, we sat in the front and paid close attention in physiology class. And I think Miss Benedict just got a kick out of these two actors taking it so seriously. Um, but we came into class one day, so she, uh, always loved me and Brad and we could, uh, get away with murder in that class. Cause we did pay attention and we're pretty good at it. Um, but we came into class one day and she had written on the board, uh, I may have mentioned this on the show before. It's one of my favorite quotes. Uh, action without vision is just passing time. Vision without action is just a dream, but action with vision will change the world. And I loved that quote. And uh, that's stuck in my head and has ever since. So to all the teachers out there who might be listening, the smallest things that you write on a blackboard one day, 20 years ago, can still stick in someone's head. 
Um, there you go. Yeah. Also, Miss Sahoyas, uh, was my Spanish teacher and I took Spanish up through level five. Um, and like AP, like I loved Spanish class and got pretty good at it. And she was just a great teacher and then went on to become a principal at another high school. So I could just look, I could talk about great teachers I had all night. Uh, I'm a big fan of academia and the work that teachers do, as I know you are as well, Hal. Yes, 100%. They're doing uh, um, the the real difficult work, for sure. So now that we've eliminated math, because math sucks, um, no reaction to math sucks, Hal? I know that you just said uh, that you had your epitome moment in math. Yeah, but I, I gave you every opportunity. Math. Oh, I hated math so much. I hated it. I was so <laughs> bad at it. Oh, I took so many bad classes in math that made me feel real dumb, like real dumb. Um, uh, but it is an important class. These are all important. We just have to pick the yeah. best. I think the best one is a combination of will serve you later in life, mm-hmm. gives you a better understanding of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Is also fun and can and is engaging W- widely, look. Any teacher, a really great teacher, can make can can get any student to connect with any material. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, uh, but I think it's something that's widely engaging for kids yeah. as well. I think there are. I think there are three. Uh, I think there are three classes that cover the most of the world, and. Okay. L- Let's take a quick break. Tell me what you think of this. Let's take a quick okay. break. And when we get back, I think it's going to be one of these three. We will decide between literature, science, and history. All right. Does that sound I agree. fair? All I right, agree. Let's yes. do it. All right. Taking a break. Hello, listeners of Maximum Fun. I want to tell you about our newest podcast that tells you all about the truth of the flat earth. Have you been looking out over the horizon and you've been thinking, wait a minute, this doesn't look round. I've been lied to my whole life. What is NASA doing with $52 million million a day? day? Uh, uh, come on. We explode the myths. Just kidding. We're Ono, Ross, and Carrie, and we investigate extraordinary claims. That's right. We investigate extraordinary claims firsthand. We go undercover in fringe groups. We get alternative medicine treatments. And we hang out with people who have unusual beliefs, like flat earthers, 9-11 truthers. We do ghost investigations. We've joined Scientology. And we got baptized in the Mormon church. If it goes bump in the night, then so do we. (laughs) Why don't you check out Ono, Ross, and Carrie at MaximumFun.org? And rolling. The news today is terrible, so why not forget about it while listening to Jonah Radio uh, with Cash Hartzell. Hey, everybody. Featuring Neil Mahoney. Also me. This is a podcast where we play music submitted by uh, listeners. We hang out, we listen to new tunes. And uh, we take submissions at Jonah Radio, R-A-Y-D-I-O, at gmail.com. Come and check us out. We're here anyway. Yeah, we'll yeah. be here. So, and that's it. Back to your regularly scheduled uh, podcast. I hope this one goes. This is a big question. It is. Because it's... It's school subjects. It's, it's like, it's knowledge. It's what are you, what are you putting into your brain? And I think all three of these are so important. Um, history for the, uh, who, what and where 
science for the how and literature for the why. You know what I mean? And which of these yes. questions are the most important? Is it more it's, important to look at a Charles Dickens book and understand uh, different qualities of human nature? Or is it more important to look at uh, how the world connects together? Or is it more important to look at uh, what we as humanity have done in the past and look forward in the future so we can't make the same mistakes again? Well, you... you... <sighs> Those are all very good points. Like those are that's sort of what it boils down to. I, mm-hmm. I what I love about science is that it gives you a, a real deep understanding of the way that the world works and mm-hmm. the why of how the world works, and hopefully will inspire you to always maintain that curiosity. And I th- I think that in my opinion, the best scientists are curious. Absolutely. They maintain that curiosity and wonder about the world and that, that feeling of like, I, I want to figure this out and I want to use those discoveries to make life better for everyone. Yeah. H- history as you put, so, so let's look at science. Let's just stick with science for now. Science. I, now that I'm thinking about it, science is going to be tough to beat in my okay. mind because Science, not, I disagree with you that it teaches you the why. I think it teaches you the why of certain functions, but I think in the grand scheme, it answers the question of how. Okay, that's fair. Um, but I mean, science, I those, those, science those gave go us, hand in hand. Well, yeah, that, that goes hand in hand. But I feel like the why is more answered, like the existential questions are more answered by literature than they are by science. See, I, when I say why, you and I look at the the question why differently or how that's being posed. Because okay. you're hearing it as like, why Why are we here on earth? Why do we yeah. – what is our per- – you know, that sort of yeah. thing. I'm thinking about why it does, as like – Why does love fill us up? Why does anger turn us red? You know what I mean? That's yeah. the why and I think question of it as, I think that literature answers. Yeah. I think of it as why, why when the sun reaches the horizon line does the sky become pink? Uh, that's the what's angels. responsible for that beauty. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay, the angels. That's... that's the angels warning the sun that it is falling off of the earth. Is it the angels in the outfield? Yes. Oh, yeah. So you've seen that movie, which required literature to write. Was there only one angel? Was it just Christopher Lloyd? There were more than one angel. I because at first I was like Tony Danza's the angel, but he was the baseball player. Wait, wasn't there a kid that was the baseball player? No, well, there may be a kid in it. I, there's definitely a kid in it, but Angels in the Outfield is the Anaheim Angels. Yeah. And then Christopher Lloyd shows up. And he's like, I'm going to help you guys right. get better. It's Christopher Lloyd, but Shohei Otani was pitching and also hitting really well. <laughs> really, the whole point is that the Anaheim Angels Shohei Otani is a phenom, y'all. <laughs> Albert Pujols shows up and hits 50 home runs. So they're like, <laughs> he's an angel. Yeah. Yeah, you get it. And then Clarence shows up in his bow tie and his no wings. And he is, you know what else? He is no help. Zero, zero help. But when Nicolas Cage showed up from City of Angels, uh, and he blinked so that you would know that he was human and had fallen, uh, at cho- thus choosing <laughs> Meg Ryan over uh, a celestial life, I think it really upset his baseball game. He just wasn't hitting as well after that. Yeah, it made it really difficult for him. It's hard to concentrate <laughs> under those uh, conditions. Sure. 
Andre Brower couldn't even pull him out of the funk. Do you remember Heart and Souls? Um, like having a heart and a soul, or is that a a thing? In Heart and Souls, Robert Downey Jr. is a guy who keeps getting possessed by four yes. people who passed away that have unfinished <laughs> yes. business. It's like Alfre Woodard is one of them. Um, but I, the reason why I brought that up is because you made me think of uh, Andre Brower, mm-hmm. who is the son of Alfre Woodard. And he's like, he's so good in it. Oh, I love, I, that's like a really fun Robert Downey Jr. pre Iron Man. Well, but now think I'm thinking post- about that scene that is that that was the next time they acted together when Alfre Woodard, uh, showed up in that elevator scene with, uh, Iron Man. Oh, in Civil War. It made it, it might have been. I don't, yeah. I don't know if they worked together after that. That's wild. If he looked at her like, hmm, you possessed me at one point. <laughs> That's what she get for making me sing that song to Andre Brower. <laughs> Kira Sedgwick was one of them. Oh, who are the other ones? Who can remember? Point who is, who can remember? What's the point, point is? Hal? Science is great. So, yeah, um, science. I, I feel like science is going to be tough to beat because uh, because, and I think I mentioned this before, because of everything that has come out of science, like. Everything in our lives, everything in front of my face right now, the microphone in front of my face, the uh, computer next to the microphone, the engineering of the building that I am sitting in, the right. the fact that there is electricity in here, everything like there's nothing I can look around and touch that is not part of science. I realize it sounds like a dumb sentence when I say it out loud because it's so obvious. Well then let's let's see do you want to see if anything can beat science? I yeah, I I would love that. I think that I think that the value the value of science is is so off the charts unexplainable everything in history comes back to science. Um so that's it's the most wide ranging, but do these specific things that literature and history do have more of an impact than science does? Let's find out. Let's talk about history. Great. And also, you mentioned before whether or not a class is engaging. Right. Uh, science, when you're doing the experiments, is very engaging. But I've been in some boring science classes. For me, the most engaging classes were always English and history. Yeah, I had a giant laptop that was my dad's. It was like one of the first laptops by the time mm. I was using it, it was ob- it was obsolete. But I would bring it out and plug it into the wall, and it would make a giant whirring noise because of the fan. Mm-hmm. And I would take notes on it. Mm-hmm. Except in biology class, where I would turn the sound off and play MS DOS Jeopardy. <laughs> I would play Jeopardy, and then I would MS DOS catch. Jeopardy. Wow. Yeah, it was like you had to go to. It was like it was like DOS shell. I think was the operating program. So you didn't have you didn't have the command. Uh, mm-hmm. a little, you didn't have to type in C commands. Prompt. You had like a little, yeah, you didn't have a C prompt, but you did have a menu where you would choose the stuff that was on it. And I got in trouble. I think I had like a D minus in biology. See, that being said, it didn't, that didn't engage me. Conceptual physics was engaging for me. Mm-hmm. Chemistry was confusing, but I feel like n- now looking back, I wish I'd been more engaged because it's, it's, they're fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. almost like school is wasted on young people. <laughs> well, you've got you've got a million other things on your mind. You know what I mean? You're you're forming yeah. mind. 
Yeah, I have to, I have to balance my marriage and being at home. Well, oh, like, that's right. I'm eight. Yeah, but little things, I mean, things that you yeah, deal, things that you deal with, uh, with an adult's perspective on are yeah, different than like, like, I imagine if I'm eight years old, it's way less important to me how a fulcrum works than to know that, uh, I made sure to invite everybody to my birthday party. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm, you know I'm I mean? obviously, obviously I'm kidding and it is very important for kids to go to school and find their own, you know, you kind of have to find a way to get everybody engaged in some way. And not everybody is going to love science, just like not everybody will love literature, just like not everybody will love science. Everybody will, <laughs> fi- you know, you, that's where you start to discover the things you're interested in. Right. You're exposed to these different shades of the same disciplines whether it's history or science or english grammar literature arts. and for me it was for me it was history and it was uh literature because that's and you know it makes sense that's fields that i went into be it drunk history or acting right. um but uh let's talk about let's talk about history a little okay the th- science is all encompassing because it is all of the matter in the universe and right. everything comes from that. But history to me is fun because history is everything. It's so, it's so mind blowingly large. It's everything that has ever happened to anyone. Right. You know what I mean? It feels so big and it's so, and that was what was so engaging about history to me was stories. It was human stories. Uh, yeah. and that's the thing that I loved, you know, uh, it's one thing to give years of when battles happened and this president, uh, it's easy, it's easy to look at a list and go, okay, it went John Quincy Adams, then Andrew Jackson. But then you start diving into the stories and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. John Quincy Adams stole an election from Andrew Jackson. So he came back with a vengeance the next time around and said a bunch of horrible things about him. You know, like those are, these are the things that I find exciting. You know what I mean? Right. Compelling, interesting stories about people. And it gives, I think, I feel like that gives a great, a great perspective on the world. But does the perspective on the world stop there in a way that science doesn't? Science looks forward. Well, I think you, you can, like you said, you can drill down on events, but also if you look at it as a mosaic in history, you mm-hmm. can see the patterns. You know, we don't move forward in a straight line. I don't think. I think we no. work in. I frequently in, uh, don't. Like, uh, but that is usually <laughs> because I've had some four roses bourbon in me. Exactly. I think we move in loops. Mm-hmm. I think you move forward like a loop to loop and you come back. You've backwards progress, but ultimately you wind up moving forward again and then you loop back and move forward. It's never like you, you sort of sense these patterns by looking at history. Mm-hmm. Of di- and they could be different countries, and we all make very similar mistakes to one another. And you learn a little bit and move on, and then you make the same mistakes again, and you learn a little bit and move on. And you know, you can look at things today that are happening that have been happening since the dawn of time. Those patterns yeah. still exist, and yet we still move forward. and And history gives you that perspective and that understanding. And it is that I know it's sort of a an, an idiom, I guess. But it, if we don't learn from history, we are doomed to repeat it. You do need right. context for the moment that we're in based on the moments where we have been. And that will yeah. help us decide where we're going to go. 
Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. And uh, to add on to that, uh, my cousin and I had a conversation once years ago. Uh, my cousin who's a science teacher, actually. And um, and we were both in agreement that, um, look, we don't talk politics on this show, but I will just say um, politicians come from all different walks of life. We have uh, doctors who are in politics. We have a lot of lawyers. We have businessmen, but it would, uh, I think really benefit our country if, uh, some history teachers became, uh, legislators and or executives. Uh, sure. I think sure. that would, I, I think that would, um, would give us a great perspective on things. Now, the problem with that perspective, if we're looking at school subjects, does that perspective being backwards looking eliminate it? Uh, from contention because science, it, it, I don't think that history beats science in this regard because science is looking forward and history is, history is a caution. History is the Jiminy Cricket on science's shoulder telling him, Hey, maybe we shouldn't make dinosaurs for a third time on this island off the coast of Costa Rica because I know history and what happened when Dr. Hammond did it. Um, <laughs> but you always find a way to bring it back to Jurassic Park slash world, don't you? Yeah, man. Really, I'm just, I, I'm just really glad Chris Pratt won our best Marvel, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you see boy. what I'm saying, though? Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I would concede that point. Um, and I think that literature has a similar thing in that literature does one epically hugely great thing which is let us better understand humanity right but is it is it backwards looking rather than forward looking in the way that science is forward looking i mean i look you you're not reading stuff that has yet to be written you're reading stuff right. that has already been written that is a classic exactly. and that those stories need to continue and that these great voices that wrote about things centuries ago whose themes still resonate and it's a good way to connect to the past. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I mean, look, these I, were, this is, it's hard to, it's hard to say that science beats, uh, beats literature as an actor, but we have created a show that uh, is all about objectivity and there's nothing more objective than science. Let me throw, let I me mean, throw a wrench. My, to make one final point, uh, just because I enjoy pithy sentences. Um, <laughs> my computer does not work because Bill Gates read, uh, because Bill Gates read Tom Sawyer. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Sure. I do know what you mean. By the way, that is the most like, this town doesn't allow dancing sentence that I could have possibly said. Yeah. I almost, it almost makes me want to throw a cup of hot water in your face. <laughs> Why? Almost. It just feels very pretentious. Well, Bill Gates didn't invent a computer because of Tom Sawyer. I know. I didn't mean to sound like a jerk when I said it, but I really, <laughs> I make my did. own beer. <laughs> oh no, I'm not that guy. Uh, <laughs> Let me throw a wrench in the works. All right. Literature may not beat science, but what about an English class where you're writing, teaching you to create 
discover your own voice, communicate, form opinions and arguments and communicate them in a clear and concise and persuasive manner. How? I, as, as an artist, nothing is more valuable to me. But as an objective, what, what is the engine of the world? I still don't think that it beats science. However, if you can't communicate clearly with other people, it doesn't matter what you discover. That's a good point. I just want to give it, I don't know that it wins, but I was thinking like, geez, my freshman year English class was way more about writing than reading. And part of the, part of my problem with literature class, I love that, that they have us read, uh, you know, I, I say literature, I, changing. I say literature to be uh, as broad as possible in it. Uh, sure. For us, it, it was generally, it was an English class, which was reading and writing. Right. I, I mean, class. I say that uh, just that, like, I learned to form an opinion and make an argument mm-hmm. in, in ninth grade. We were learning to write that way. And though those, some of those lessons that I learned, I'm still using every week that we talk. Absolutely. To, um, to set up and carry through an argument or a statement of opinion or to attempt to be persuasive. Those are all things I learned in, in Bev Green's ninth grade English class. Shout out Bev Green. Shout out Bev Green. I don't remember what my ninth grade English teacher's name was, but I remember she had a tall blonde beehive hairdo, like that was 40 years too late. <laughs> but she still had this hairdo. And, um, she sounded, she had a, this thick southern accent and talked like real <laughs> gruff. But then she told us the reason she talked so gruff was that all growing up, whenever she'd get sick, her mama would give her a shot, cl- shot glass of kerosene to clear out whatever was in there. What? What this kind was, of hill this people was, crap is that? I'm, I do not know. She was not a science teacher. Because a science teacher would have been like, you probably shouldn't be having, uh, I, I probably should not have been having kerosene as a child. Where did, did her mother get that from though? Like that um, idea of kerosene. She was probably oh, like, Ultron. She got it from Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no strings on me. <laughs> oh, that's such a weirdly specific bit. I just want, I, I just wanted to give that its due and make sure that we're talking more about the less, uh, you know, as much about the books as we are. Uh, I, I wanted right. to also talk about the ability to communicate. And that was a very poorly put together sentence by me. So no, I get it. And, <laughs> and the thing is, all of these, all of these are so, so important and so enriching. And the reason that the like, th- these are all reasons to get out of bed in the morning. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but I feel but, like it's got to yeah. be – like we have bridges because of science, man. Mark, why don't you issue our final judgment? Is this our final judgment or are we going to uh, – or are we going to break down science and choose a smaller subdiscipline? Why would we? No, when it's When the science. whole of science provides you with understanding. Yeah. Why don't – you know what? I'm just going to – I'm just going to say what you just said. The whole of science provides you with understanding 
as the start of my of my uh people of the world because I never get to do this. You put me on the spot and I'm suddenly so nervous. People of the world, um, she didn't blind you with history. <laughs> uh she didn't blind you with English. She blinded me with science. <laughs> That's all I got. I I really feel put on the spot for this. Um, no, it's it, it, everything. Everything that we are, everything that makes up who we are, comes from science. Uh, that's why. That's why. It, it, man, I'm really failing at this, aren't I? If only you'd paid more attention in English class. It's science asked and answered. Listen, I'll do it. People of the world, the reason why it's science. Oh, oh, how dare you! <laughs> Science gives us an understanding of the world that we can't get anywhere else. And it has And it made our iPhones. It made our iPhones and it's it's a search for the truth and knowledge that will never end and it's it's imperfect, which is what's perfect about it, that we learn something and they establish it as truth and then they try to disprove that and figure out you know what what else? How can we test the things that we load? How do we question the very knowledge that we're given to, to push ourselves to the next level? And that is how we grow and, and advance as a, as a society and as a, as, as a humanity altogether is the pursuit of science. So while all subjects are important and you should pay attention in all your classes, kids out there, I promise you they are important. Old Mark and Hal won't steal you, won't steer you wrong, but the best subject in school Medieval Science. metallurgy. Medieval metallurgy and clown class asked and answered. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you know what that was? That was the bell. That means we got to get up and go to our next class. All right, fine. But before we go, this subject is closed, but please reach out to us with other topics. You can find us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets in the Maximum Fun subreddit or... You can email us at wegotthispodcast at gmail.com or join the Facebook group. Have a discussion. Share your school memories with us and what your favorite subject is. And that is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash wegotthispodcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, our listeners for spending this hour with us to talk about all of our favorite school subjects, even if school made you crazy, even if you were one of those people that didn't like it, or if you were one of those people that did like it. It's always fun to revisit. I love going back to school. I love taking Hal along with me. I love taking you guys along with both of us. So thanks for giving us this opportunity. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Agliardi. For Mark Agliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.